Welcome to Brightcast. Thank you for downloading. I'm Katie Carty Hiley of RainbowBright.net. And I am Renee Stowe of RainbowBright.co.uk. Uh, thank you for tuning in again. If you're downloading this, that means that you have decided to tune in again for the Brightcast, the Rainbow Bright podcast. And we wanted to say hello to all the Rainbow Bright fans out there. And welcome to spring. Amen. Finally. Who here wants to like totally get stock in Zyrtec or something right now? Because of... <laughs> yay for spring. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't get snow in my area, but we get dumped on by pollen Ugh. about as much. <laughs> yes, and I'm in Florida, so we don't get snow, period. We just get wet and rain and muggy and sticky, sappy, yellow junk on my car. Um, exactly. <laughs> but um, so we started with Brightcast last month. Actually, we released the first episode on the first day of spring, which, as I've probably mentioned a few times, you know, blogging and whatnot is usually how the first episodes of the books or the Rainbow Bright episodes start. It's always spring. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> eternal spring in Rainbow Land. Yes, it's always eternal spring. Uh, but if you think about it, while it's going into spring for us, it actually is going into winter for the southern part, which is Australia and the southern countries. Mm-hmm. So when it's winter for us, it's spring for them. So it's always it's, somewhere is always in a perpetual spring. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Just like how it's always five o'clock somewhere. It's always. <laughs> love it. Love it. So this episode number two for April, this is April 2013, if you're keeping track, um, we decided we would talk about the episodes of Rainbow Bright, of which there are only 13, sadly, but there are 13 awesome episodes. So we, at least I, rewatched them recently again. <laughs> I hope I remember them as well. If not, you can refresh my memory. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the first uh, three episodes of Rainbow Bright were not episodes really they were television specials because they were sort of like mini movies rather than a TV series which they came out in 84 and 85 mm-hmm. and the rest of the episodes came out in 1987 I'll just go ahead and lead into my special news I got in touch with the Academy of Arts Motion Pictures and Sciences also known as the Oscars, and they have an archive known as the Margaret Herrick Library. The gentleman that wrote uh, the beginning of Rainbow Land, the movies, and several of the later episodes, uh, his name was Howard R. Cohen. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not Woody Kling. Woody, I believe his name is Woody Kling, wrote the first two specials. The rest of them was everyone you ever started with always said Howard R. Cohen, Howard R. Cohen. Anyway, after he passed away, his family donated his archive to the library, and they have the Rainbow Bright scripts. Oh, cool. I wrote to their special collections department and was able to get lots of behind-the-scenes information that are in his notes. Wicked. We'll sprinkle in as we are talking about the episodes, because these will only cover the ones that he did, uh, which are um, after the first two specials, which were... Peril in the Pits, and The Mighty Monstro Mark Menace. I do not have those because those were done by a different writer. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I have uh, lots of information to share as we are going through this. Fantastic. I hope you guys will 
enjoy. All right, so with the first episode, we have Peril in the Pits. Peril in the Pits came out uh, summer of 1984, which was an Olympic summer, which that was what we had this past year was an Olympic summer. And it, I believe it aired somewhere during the... I want to say during the summer, but it may be been in spring. I don't actually have the date for that. Do you? I do, but I've got it as in December of 84. Um, I'm trying to see where they got their information from. <laughs> this is, oddly enough, off of a bootleg DVD of the Rainbow Bride series. <laughs> and they have each episode listed with their air date. Um, they actually have Beginning of Rainbow Land first as December, let's see, 13th and 20th of 84, and then Peril in the Pits coming out on the 27th of December in 84. Um, but I'm trying to see if there's somewhere I can confirm that information real quick. Because I do have the other episode air dates. I just don't have the first two. Um, my Peril in the Pits says it came out June 24th, 1984, which would make sense. That was the summer part. That I really yeah, and then on Wikipedia, it's got... June 27th of 84. <laughs> so it's at least closer to yours. Okay, so we have um, 84-ish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And then they have Mighty Monster Merc Menace as December 4th and 5th of 84. So, hmm. Tell, because when it came to uh, press release uh, for the episodes, they I remember they advertised them in Barbie magazine. But I don't remember them advertising them on, like, television. I actually went to the library to look up the TV listings. Because they used to be in the newspaper. Um, if you didn't get... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the TV Guide and all that. Well, along with TV Guide, they would actually have a, a brief primetime listing in the middle of your newspaper. I've tried looking in my local paper here in Florida. Don't have anything on it. Nothing. Huh. So I'm not sure exactly how they advertised it other than to put it in the product, or in this case, Barbie magazine, which was by Mattel, and the Rainbow Bright dolls were by Mattel. So there was right. that. Um, and then if you look on IMDb, mm -hmm. they have something completely different, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they have Beginning of Rainbowland uh, released on April 22nd of 85. So I believe this is why I never put the dates on my website, because there was always differing information depending on where you looked <laughs> but your dates are probably the most accurate for the, uh, the the later ones again the one beginning of rainbow land um i do have that one and that one you can actually find online uh through the margaret herrick library their lookup if you type it in under manuscripts it'll tell you the actual air date oh cool well at least we'll have those for sure then Mm -hmm. um, so the later ones I know about, the early ones, eh, not so much. <laughs> With the first episode of uh, Peril in the Pits, now we already talked about that was our favorite episode and we, we already reminisced about the first time that we saw it. But what are your, how do you want to start with reviewing Peril in the Pits? Well, that's actually the last one I watched um, for whatever reason. I started, I just kind of picked this one and then that one. I didn't watch them in any particular order this time around. Usually I do. I'll watch them in order that they were aired. But I was like, oh, let's do something different. So I left Peril in the Pits for last. And somehow it seemed different than the others. Like, I mean, I think we already talked about the animation was a bit different in that one. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I guess watching them back to back, it seemed vastly different. Whereas previously I was like, oh, it's just a little 
a small difference here and there. But no, it's it's pretty profound. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah, it was the animation in this one. I liked it better to me because I guess because it was a special, all the money went to the one episode. So mm-hmm. it was more thought out. So you had little the little details, which I guess later on they, they dropped out. Things weren't as detailed as they were. Right. And this is the only episode that we see her using the orb to make a rainbow and turn things colors. It changed from episode to episode. Sometimes she's holding a star sprinkle in her fingers and the rainbow shoots out of it. Other times she kind of puts the star sprinkle to her belt. It disappears and then rainbows come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, either she just had multiple ways of doing it and she couldn't decide which one she liked best. <laughs> Or there was just a little bit of continuity error going on. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. At least the belt was somewhat involved in everything. Well, except for the orb. I don't know. (laughs) Well, when we first bring in Peril of the Pits, we're not introduced to Rainbow. We're introduced to Brian. Because Brian's had a bad day. And uh, he's sad. And he won't look up. And so Rainbow, who just magically appears between the clouds, wants to make him happy. And he just will not look up. No, she because I remember in the in the episode she's like she'll have a rainbow go across two clouds. It's like it's following him, but he won't look up, and she can't stand it. So she yes. <laughs> decides she's gonna see it this time and shoots it right in front of him. <laughs> to which he still does not look up and walks right into it. Um, <laughs> which I love when he comes out and he's covered with colors and is like, "OMG, what just happened?" And the dog is just looking at him bewildered. <laughs> yeah, because the dog's like, don't go in there, don't go in there. But yeah. yeah, he's not listening at all. And we actually know the dog's name from the Rainbow Bright Treasury book. It's not mentioned at all in the episode or in the credits or anything, mm-hmm. but his name is Sam, mm-hmm. according to the book. Which I always thought was cool that they just added in that little detail. Yeah, the, the treasury was a, was a nice little handy tool to, for introducing people to the show and had all these cute details because it was actually the episodes in book form, which I thought was clever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, It's like very, very rare that you would see that. They would make books for movies sometimes like that to have a little story record or tape to go along with them. But I don't recall seeing that for episodes of other uh, other shows. All right, so Brian is all covered in rainbow and... Rainbow, Bright, and Twink, and Starlight decide that they have to go down and see if there's anything they can do to help. And I love her little wink when she's like, well, we can't just leave him looking like that. (laughs) Yes. I love those little winks and little bitty character things that that give the show character. Totally. But then, uh, you know, you find out that Brian, Brian is about 10. He says that he's 10 years old, almost 11. Uh. But Rainbow Bright, she's not really given an age. She looks, if you look at a comparison of Brian to her, she looks to be about five. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even younger than that. She's just, she's small. And he's, you know, taller. But then we'll get into Mighty Monster Mark Menace later and talk about the whole age debate. (laughs) Yes, that's a nice little debacle there. Uh, So we we come from... (laughs) From Rainbow Bright, they decide they have to take Brian to Rainbow Land to get the colors off. Correct. So on their way to Rainbow Land, they're being spied on by Murky and Lurky. Uh, Murky is Murky Dismal, which is the main villain of Rainbow Bright, who is this really, really short guy with an attitude. 
<laughs> it's a Napoleon complex. Yes, totally. I mean, he's about <laughs> the size of a sprite. He's small, but yeah, <laughs> it, I like how they make him step on, up on books to get up to his to his yeah. laboratory. It's just so cute. Yes. <laughs> and then you have the opposite, which is Lurky, who's really, really big, but really, mm-hmm. really sweet, and and he's very childlike, which I love. Yeah. He's a bit of a bumbling idiot, but in a good way. <laughs> so they decide in the episode that they are going to get Rainbow Bright's color belt, which is the main goal in almost every episode. They're trying to get the color belt because I guess that's the mm-hmm. source of color in Rainbow Land. And I, he always thinks if he has the belt, then he can use it for mm-hmm. his bad purposes, which he does in this episode. <laughs> yeah, these bad guys are always trying to get the one object they think will give them power over all. And in this case, right. Murky says, if I get the belt, I can take the power out of everything. Unfortunately, he actually succeeds in doing in this episode. Yeah, for once. <laughs> it's kind of funny. In the first episode, they actually let him, you know, muck things up a bit. And then in the future, it's like, no, you don't get that chance again. <laughs> well, I always thought it was clever because, you know, it was like, oh no, what's Murky up this time? I always wondered, like, what did he used to do? <laughs> before he he tried the you know the super gloom boomer or whatever little gun he had this episode you know what did he Mm -hmm. do before in this episode i thought he was kind of his criminal mastermind i mean he he mercs the kids and he kidnapped they were so easy to kidnap yeah he captures them with no trouble and gets the belt which although it always kind of bothered me that once she takes the belt off it looks completely different yeah, I'm thinking that maybe an animation thing is like you had the, the you had the color belt, but what was the actual belt? Was it the actual rainbow symbol? Or in the later episodes, you actually find out that it's um, the rainbow and it's on a red belt. Yeah, in the beginning of Rainbow Land, I'm pretty sure it showed it like that. Yeah, and in the movie, it showed it like that because the the dark the dark princess uh, takes her belt yes. off, and you know, it yes. looks marvelous with my red dress. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, so he gets the belt and he mercs it, which I thought the color belt would put up more of a fight. Right? <laughs> so it gets murked out and he's able to zap Rainbow Land Gray. <laughs> so while Murky is murking out Rainbow Land, uh, uh, so Murky uh, has put Rainbow Bright, Brian, Twink, and Starlight in the pits. Now the pits is very interesting in this episode because it has more power then I, well, it's, it's suggested later on, but you actually get to see that it, a rainbow cannot form in the pits. Mm-hmm. And it really makes everyone all depressed and Starlight doesn't want to do anything and everyone gets murked out and they don't want to fight because <laughs> they're all gloomy. And they have to find that rainbow inside and kind of beef it up. Like, no, no, we can do this. And get us. And uh, one of that is, I think, helpful to Brian, who, you know, he he has seen what letting things get murky can do, get gloomy. So Mm -hmm. they get the wheels churning and they decide that if they put Brian's baseball mitt onto Twink's behind, they can kick him out. (laughs) Which that was cute. (laughs) That was very cute. I thought that was pretty unique. I love how Starlight tries to kick his way out, you know, first. And then he kicks it one time. And he's like, oh, never mind. I'm murked again or something. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like, I'll kick our way out. Boom. I've murked again. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they get out of it. You actually find out Murky has all these little, I don't know, junk. He has lots of junk. Uh, he Yes. So he has this junk pile where he's, you know, put together this ramshackle hot air balloon full of murkiness to, which, what is he doing with that? Is he just trying to get Rainbow Land? Because he didn't, I don't think he mentioned it going to Earth. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. hmm. Good question. He's already turned Rainbow Land pretty gray at this point. Yeah. I don't know. He was just going to get the rest of the planet. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> So he gets the hot air balloon, it's full of gloom cloud, and they try to stop him, uh, which was very, very action-packed sequence there of, of running towards the balloon and, and uh, grabbing hold of the rope and then letting it go. Yes. And, well, there's a funny Easter egg. If I don't know if you'll remember this. I noticed it a few years back. When they crash land from the hot air balloon and all the air gets let out or whatever, and they crash into the pile of junk. Mm-hmm. If you go through frame by frame and stop at just the right second, you'll see there's a wooden horse, like a wooden rocking horse in the pile of junk. And there's a sign on it that says, Die Starlight. <laughs> I, I always thought they were trying to use it as target practice. <laughs> Probably so. It, it was like, we hate the horse. We hate the little girl. Let's shoot the horse and die. Or... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was just one of those funny things that... Obviously, the animators were having some fun that they included that, but it's not something you would notice unless you were really paying attention. It's like, wait, wait, what was that? What did that say? Yeah, it was very quick because, again, it was all that junk. Yes, which you never see in any other episode. It's I guess it's implied because Murky has to build his stuff out of something. That's true. (laughs) So it makes me wonder, where does Murky come up with his gadgets? Like, Does he have that much iron laying around? (laughs) <laughs> that many failed experiments yeah there you go yeah probably so <laughs> okay so they get brian back now in between all this they have unrainbowed him and they yes. they um rainbow bright takes him to earth thanks him for helping them out in rainbow land because he didn't have to do that he could have you know stayed in rainbow land and hid you know but no he went out to help and so she gives him his little kiss on the cheek which I love. That's so cute. Uh, she just blows him a kiss. And uh, that is the end of the episode. What did you think of Peril in the Pits? Overall story and everything. It's a really good introduction to this series. If somebody's never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, it has most of the main characters. You know, some of the color kids don't get a lot of screen time. But it at least introduces you to the villains and to Rainbow Land and what the villains are up to, you know, what their goal in life is and uh, how Rainbow and the, and her character and her friends um, (laughs) defeat them. So, and it's just, it's funny. It's got some good humor in it. And like you said, the animation style is really cute and unique. Um, Yeah. It's definitely still one of my favorites. I like that when it comes to any episode, if you are just getting introduced to Rainbow Bright, you want to start with Peril in the Pits because it does give you a nice balance of the dynamic between, you know, the fact that Murky is a villain and he is a bad guy and he can kick Rainbow's butt on occasion. Not for long. Yes. But, you know, it, it, 
I like that it sets that up to you actually see that Murky can be a threat. Other than if you start them with the later episodes, like with the 2004 release when they in, when they released Star Sprinkled with them, which to me was not a very good introduction episode, but Murky didn't seem like a threat, really. Yeah. In the, yeah. But we'll get to that one in a bit. The next episode we're going up with is The Mighty Monster Merc Menace, which is the second um, special and is consisted of episodes two and three of the Rainbow Bright series. Uh, the overall story arc being the Mighty Monster Merc Menace. Um, we start in with the Mighty Monster Merc Menace with getting introduced to the Monster Merc. Um, apparently there is something that Murky has created that is an actual threat to Rainbow Land. That he keeps it locked up in a bottle and caged. Yes. <laughs> and it's a magic bottle. That apparently cannot be broken or gotten out of if it's corked. Um, and it shrinks whatever is in it to a small size so it'll fit. So it just looks like this big brown cloud with a face. And he's very upset. <laughs> and it, it, the box itself reminds me kind of like there's a genie in a lamp. Yeah. Only you don't rub it. You put a cork in it and hope nothing gets out. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this evil, mean-looking monster is in the bottle and lightning strikes the cage, letting the bottle out. So using all his built up energy inside the bottle, he starts to bounce away. And the only thing you see yeah. is little glowing steps where he's bouncing away, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Murky and Lurky have to get it because it is uh, bouncing towards rainbow land, which why I don't know is bouncing towards rainbow <laughs> Anything to get away from Murky, I suppose. <laughs> so they have to go try to get it. In the meantime, the color kids are going to have a fun day. And Rainbow is going to color to spread color on Earth. So the kids have a sack race. Yes. Although I love that she goes off to do all the dirty work and they just have a sack race. <laughs> See ya, sucker! <laughs> No, it's great. I love them. <laughs> the kids have a potato sack race, which I thought, you know, it was really, I love this because it introduces you to more of the color kids when they're, when they're playing the sack races and the boys, which are Red Butler and Buddy Blue are having such a hard time. And Patty goes, cause I left potatoes in theirs. It was so great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's so her. <laughs> but their, their fun gets interrupted when the monster Merc decides to bounce in the sack race and gets stuck in a sack. Yes. And then of course, they pull the sack off, and Lala Orange immediately wants to put the bottle on her Dress. dresser. <laughs> she thinks it looks cute. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, we get a, a good introduction to a few of the kids here. <laughs> a little insight into their world. Their fun in finding out what is in the bottle is interrupted. Now, Shy Violet, she knows what's in the bottle. She goes, uh-oh, that looks like the monster mark. And this is where we get into something quirky, which is... yes. The fact that Shy Violet says the Monster Merc attempted to destroy Rainbow Land 700 years ago. If Murky made this thing 700 years ago, but Rainbow Bright stopped it 700 years ago, to me that made me think, okay, they're 700-year-old people. Yeah, that was kind of my thought. Yeah, they think that Rainbow Bright has the same kind of job as, say, Santa Claus. She doesn't age. 
That's true. Or the Tooth Fairy. Or any of these other little mythical little creatures. She's like a little elf. She doesn't age. Her job is to spread color. Yes. That, that means that Murky Dismal's job is to forever cause havoc. <laughs> <laughs> and even if Rainbow Bright herself had not been there that long ago, the color kids at least were. Yes. Because there's a debate. There could have been, you know, the previous wearer of the color belt, whoever that was, mm-hmm. um... They may have defeated the monster Merc back then. Mm-hmm. Because the color kids keep in so many episodes saying that they are helpless without Rainbow Bright. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you guys had to have a leader then because there's no way you took the monster Merc down by yourselves. Seriously. So Murky decides to show up and he gl- mercs the kids with his little gloom thing, which I'm saying, if it's that easy to merc them, just do it. Okay. And he takes the <laughs> bottle and he takes the bottle and he runs away. But I guess because he knows if he stays, he will not win. Unless he can find a way of controlling the Monstro Merc, which has been his goal for the past 700 years. Is to try to find a way to control it. That way he can take over Rainbow Land. Um, But he, he, he passes out the kids. He runs away. And the kids are like, they have to warn Rainbow. But, eh, they can't get out. So on the way home, Lurky puts his finger in the cork. And accidentally pushes the cork in the bottle all the way through. So if he takes out his finger, he releases the monster mark. Which of course he does. And in the meantime, back in Rainbow Land, the colored kids are being woken up by the sprites. Which I believe that is probably one of the reasons why Murky does not destroy Rainbow Land. Because there are how many sprites compared to him? Yeah... A sprite revolt would not be pretty. No, that they would kick his hiney. <laughs> so they, they wake up the kids, and the kids go to, and this is the first time we get introduced, the color console. Yes! The color console at this time was not called the color console, I don't think. I think it was called the rainbow alarm. Yes. And apparently they all have to press their buttons at the same time for the signal to get sent out. Mm-hmm. That could be a flaw in engineering, because if one of the color kids is, you know knocked out or somewhere else doing another rainbow thing then they can't send the alarm off yep a little, little flaw in judgment there <laughs> so the but the it, it sends a wave to signal rainbow who is currently on earth visiting brian who is doing his paper route and she's trying to be helpful but she's kind of making a little bit of a mess trying to be helpful which you know to me it's almost like that best friend or that little sister or brother who tries to help you and you're the older kid and you don't want their help. It's, it was sweet. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I like it because when she, <laughs> when she greets him, she bows a kiss on his cheek. It's like, get this off. <laughs> It'll fade in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as the alarm goes off, he wants to help Rainbow. So it's a sudden role reversal. She says, however, because he has his job and she has hers, she gives him the key to Rainbow Land. So anytime he wants to come there, he can. And he immediately finishes his job, as a 10-year-old normally would, which is basically, let's get through this fast and get home, and puts it in his bedroom closet. And it opens up and you see a rainbow appear in his closet. So this is the gateway to Rainbow Land, a way to break through, I guess, Earth and get to Rainbow Land. So he goes off to follow his rainbow which he doesn't walk on it's, it's like an escalator it's taking him to rainbow land yeah yeah uh so he's going to rainbow land and the monster merc at this point lurky has um released the monster merc and he starts to suck all the color 
out of everything, including the rainbow that Brian is on, which causes it to crumble, which I thought was neat because in later episodes it doesn't crumble, it just sags. Mm-hmm. He, once he gets out, you realize that the monster Merc was squeezed into this little bitty bottle, but he's actually very, very massive. And yes. he suddenly is taking Murky Dismal under his control. You know, I will be king of Rainbowland. I want you to bow to me. Okay, so he starts bowing and groveling. <laughs> it's like, get on the floor and grovel. <laughs> he has to, Murky now has to do everything the monster Merc says. Which is the opposite of what he wanted in the beginning. He wanted to control the monster Merc, but since he never found a way, the monster Merc is controlling him. Yes. So, yeah. in between, Rainbow's trying to get back to Rainbowland because the alarm's going off because there's something wrong, and she sees that Brian's rainbow is crumbling, so she has to save him. Uh, so she saves Brian. They go back to Rainbowland where she hears that the monster Merc has been released, and they have to try to find a way of protecting Rainbowland from him. So she decides to take all the color crystals and make a rainbow wall, which apparently has never been done before. This is supposed to be something new. And it worked pretty darn well for a while. So she tells the uh, the kids to get all the color sprinkle, color crystals they can and um, give them to her so she can create a rainbow wall. So Brian actually gets to interact with more of the color kids. So you see more interaction with him and the color kids, and then you get to see the rub between him and Ed. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. This might be the funniest episode. <laughs> I was cracking up the entire time I was watching it, at least part one. Um, especially the the competition between Brian and Red and the little comments they make to each other. I like it when, when Brian, you know, he goes, now I realize why Red isn't my favorite color. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. <laughs> but it's just like, little boys to well I can do this oh yeah well I can do it too and I can do it better Mm -hmm. and yeah they end up getting themselves in a fix because they decide to get in a boat and row down the river to the pits and then the boat gets broken on the rocks and they end up in a cavern under the pits and but they had wait a minute this is after Murky and Lurky had actually captured Rainbow Bright Yes. That's right. Because Brian was standing guard and didn't do a very good job. Yeah, they, they made the Rainbow Wall, which is basically this big, like, huge, think the Great Wall of China, only it's around Rainbow Bright, Rainbow Land, and it's just this gold wall. Well, it's rainbow, actually, isn't it? It is gold at first. It's gold. I don't remember if it turns rainbow after she's done. No, they, they, they call it the Rainbow Wall, but I remember that when she's sprinkling it, it's gold. Yeah. And then she makes the rainbow wall, and the Murky and Lurky won't walk through it. So at the end of the episode, what you have is Murky, the monster Merc tells Murky and Lurky to go get Rainbow. So she they sneak into Rainbow Land, um, covering themselves with this big suit of some sort to get into Rainbow Land. Yeah. Sneak into the color castle while everyone's asleep, except Brian, who was sitting watch. And who was also sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, he's in there yawning, and it's like, we come in peace, so you better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but this is peace. That's a great line. One thing that always bugged me about this was audio-wise, you heard his mouth being gagged, but in the animation, his arms were free, so you're like, yell, yell. Exactly. (laughs) 
Mar- only thing that he does is, is Murky takes the bottle, puts it up to Rainbow. He doesn't bother any of the color kids. He wants Rainbow bright. He puts it up to Rainbow. As soon as she looks in the bottle, she gets sucked inside. He corks it and they run away. And that's how part one ends. It begins with where it left off with Murky and Lurky running away with Rainbow Bright trapped in a bottle. Brian helpless to stop them. And all the color kids suddenly waking up. And going, Brian, what the heck? You didn't do your job. Where's Rainbow? (laughs) They They start to get away and something happens and they drop the bottle that has Rainbow in it because it starts to glow. Yeah, she totally freaks them out. Yeah, which is freaking murky. But she's so calm. She's just in there. Oh, don't worry, I can I can get out of this. You know, she's rainbow bright. Mm-hmm. She can do anything. So she's making the <laughs> she's making the bottle glow, and something happens, and they drop it. And he yes. thinks, oh, it'll get crushed in the rapids, and that'll be the end of Rainbow Bright. Except it doesn't happen. She gets wedged in between two rocks, and using all her magic, is able to pop the cork out and actually get released from the bottle. In the meantime, yes. the color kids are running toward the river because the river runs into the pit, uh, which I think I've, one. there's also another controversy of whether or not the river they're talking about is the Rainbow River. Or the No Return River, or... There's a couple of... Yeah, I wonder how many rivers there are. Well, they said the Rainbow River goes straight into the pits, but in the beginning of Rainbow Land, there was the No Return River, which I wonder if it's the same one. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they had just renamed it during the dark times. Yeah. So they decided to go to the river... Get in a boat, but only have one boat. And so Red Butler, Brian, and Twink decide they're going to row into the pits and save Rainbow. So they go down the rapids, and unfortunately the rapids break the boat, and they all go into the cave where Murky's laboratory is. And then they have a rock climbing competition. (laughs) (laughs) I know all about climbing rocks, too. (laughs) <laughs> and so, of course, Red and Brian mess things up with their competitive natures, and Murky discovers them there and closes them in with plans to drown them. Not very nice. Nope. In the meantime, Starlight takes Romeo, and Romeo starts bouncing on his head because he sees that Rainbow breaks <laughs> and is on a rainbow above them. So he's signaling to Starlight to stop because there's Rainbow. And unfortunately, at this point, she's used all her magic. Now, this is the first time we actually get to realize that her, she runs out of magic. She's used all of her magic to get out of the bottle, and now she can't go back to Rainbow Land. She has to send Romeo Sprite first. Yeah, because the rainbow is not strong enough to hold her. So he goes back to Rainbow Land to tell the kids to throw the star sprinkles in the river. And at first, you don't know what this is until you actually see what mm-hmm. happens, in which the river itself starts to turn gold like the rainbow wall did and harden like ice, I guess. And they're. Mm-hmm. To use that with all the the magic that's in those to go into the pits, rescue Red and Brian and Twink, who have been discovered by Murky Dismal. And he is filling the cave with water and they're going to drown if they don't get out. And Rainbow goes in to save them. In the meantime, as this is happening, Murky is up to his old tricks making the memo ray, which is a <laughs> ray that he puts onto a crown to put onto the monster murk so that he can control the monster murk. Which works. Why he didn't do that 700 years ago is beyond me. But... <laughs> yeah, well, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. He didn't really have to. The monster Merc is sitting there making him his slave. True. So it's now I gotta do this now. So he tricks him into putting on the crown, which puts him under his control. 
And he starts going after Rainbow Land, not knowing that Rainbow Bright is actually still alive. She hasn't been crushed. And she has actually rescued everybody and is coming back with a vengeance. She gets to Rainbow Land first, where she's trying to warn the kids to... I don't know. They have a pile of star sprinkles, I remember. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to protect it. And Brian, this is the most sweet thing I ever saw. He gets in front of the... <laughs> beam and it completely drains him of color but it saves the kids oh I thought that was so sweet and selfless because you just <laughs> <kept> doing that <laughs> yeah and then it's like you know he was Rudolph before but now they all think he's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> you saved us yay now we'll stop being jerks to you <laughs> they get the bottle and they start to suck him back into the bottle and cork it. Oh, yeah. Which causes the crown to fall off his head because he no longer fits it. And Murky and Lurky drop down and they all three get sucked in the bottle because originally they were on his shoulders. They were on the Monster Merc. Mm-hmm. So the Monster Merc, Murky and Lurky get sucked into the bottle. Murky and Lurky bounce out of the bottle and the Monster Merc is still stuck inside. And then Brian corks it with a stick. <laughs> then that's it. I always wonder what happened to the Monster Merc because Murky and Murky did not take it back. Hmm, good point. They didn't take the bottle back. Um, Brian had it, and then it goes to uh, Brian getting the fin- his finger, tie a string around his finger so that he won't forget. I'm still going, she ties a red string around his finger so he won't forget. <laughs> and I love his blush. <laughs> I know, his cheeks get all red. <laughs> Mighty Monster Merc Menace Parts 1 and 2. Very good episode. I enjoyed them very much. How about you? Absolutely. They're definitely on my top. Like, I should go through and rank these kind of 1 through 13 as to my favorites, but I haven't done that yet. But I, I know that Monster Merc is towards the top of my list. It's a really good one. This will give us something to blog about. There we go. <laughs> um, after the uh, Mighty Monster Merc Menace, which was episode 3, you had episode four, which is beginning of Rainbow Land. We don't know if we actually have a date date for it. As for the day, according to the library, the episode aired April of 1985. It was originally scripted in October of 84, but they aired in April of 85. Wow. That was a fast episode, if you think about it. Yeah. Wrote it October 26, 1984. Oh, the day before my birthday. <laughs> was the uh, beginning of Rainbow Land part one. And then November 5th, 84 was when they started working on part two of beginning of Rainbow Land. Uh, but n- cool. both episodes aired April of 1985. Um, in the beginning of Rainbow Land, this is the prequel to all Rainbow Bright stories. It tells you the origin of Rainbow Bright, which she is a little girl named Wisp who has been transported to this gloomy planet in order to save it. By some bodiless form with the voice of a woman who we never see. Yes, the the voice of it. I don't have a cast list for this episode. However, if you listen to the voice and then you look at the cast list, the voice that both matches is Mona Marshall. Okay, I was going to ask you about that because it's not listed anywhere I could find who actually does that voice. The end credits tell you who all was in the episode. And if you listen to the voice, it's not Robbie Lee, who is the other female. 
the other female voice actor on the show other than Bettina was Mona Marshall. And I've listened to some of her other stuff where she does adult characters and that voice sounds like her to me. Okay, cool. So I'm 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 putting down that Mona Marshall did that character. Awesome. Because you she is in later on in the episode because she does uh, Red Butler, Patio Green and Canary. Now what would you call that character? Oh crud. I forgot. <laughs> Alright, so we don't know who the voice is that's talking to Rainbow Bright, but she's leaving Rainbow in this desolate gray area to find the sphere. <laughs> I'm glad you're enunciating that. <laughs> the sphere of light, not the sphere of light or the spur of light, the sphere. This <laughs> meaning a ball. She has to find the ball of light. Which is kind of odd that they would use the word sphere for small children who are watching this show. (laughs) They probably have no idea what sphere means. That we would have to be Howard R. Cohen. He uses those quirky little words in there. So So the plot Rainbow Bright has to do is she has to, or in this case, Wisp, which is your cat's namesake. It is. She is on my lap right this second, chewing on my fingers. (laughs) <laughs> now have you had ever, you've had other cat's name wisp before right nope she's the first i've had a cat named Oren, mm-hmm. but that's the only other rainbow bright cat um i'm trying to think with dogs I've, i have onyx still um hmm. yeah i've never had a wisp or a rainbow hmm I was saving them for special pets and <laughs> I guess was fit the bill. There's those special names that you just save for certain things. Yes, definitely. Yep, you can't just go throwing them out willy-nilly. That's right. All right. Beginning of Rainbow Land Part 1, Wisp has been dropped on this alien planet and she's supposed to find the sphere of light. And in her journey, she finds a sprite named Twink. Yes. Now this is, you know, we know that Wink is usually kind of skittish, but he is very cowardly in this, which you don't really see him be as cowardly in the later episodes as you do in this one. In this one, he is just, he wants to hide under his bed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess Rainbow proves herself at the end to him and then he just will follow her and do whatever she says and make sure she's happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's total spaz in the beginning. <laughs> Reminds me very much of the Wizard of Oz with the cowardly lion. Yeah. The fact that he was he was afraid at first, but he actually had the courage inside of him when he was put into the that point where he had to show that he had it. Yeah, good point. Twink um, is in running away from monsters and beasts, and he decides that he's going to stay with Rainbow, and they're going to try to find this sphere of light, because that is her quest but she doesn't know anything about the land. So she has to learn from Twink. Twink says that the King of Shadows or the Evil One, which is he's referred to as both in the episode, the King of Shadows or the Evil One, like he who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> that he has taken all the color. And so if it's going to be anywhere, it'll be with him. So they, they decided to travel towards the castle. In the meantime, back at the devil dark castle, you have Murky and Lurky, you know, living like practically like kings with sprite slaves until the evil one realizes that there's someone new in his country and that person must go. So he (laughs) orders to catch her. 
So in comes Murky and Lurky with their little tricks and spy cameras everywhere to try to catch Wisp <laughs> and Twink. Uh, in the meantime, uh, she has all the perils of the world to deal with. She has to deal with big monsters and lava and lightning that turns you into ice. Yeah, it's a pretty evil place. <laughs> And where she meets Starlight, who was frozen in ice. And then she realizes he's alive. Uh, her, I, I don't know, maybe it was her touch that helped thaw it. But it started to break and crumble. And she he defends off the birds. And then they all start tumbling down the cliff. He then catches Twink and Wisp. And she tells him of her quest. And he thinks that the what you'll need is the color belt. Now, this is the first time we've heard of the color belt. Which was magical belt that the evil one threw into the no return river a long time ago so he knows what the river is so he's going to take him to it in the meantime murky and lurky are trying to think of different ways of trying to catch them so since they're going to the river which the evil one says that they must not find the river what did they try to do in that time hmm. they went to the bridge i think was the first thing because they're running through what used to be the river that's now dried up Mm -hmm. And Rainbow sees the bridge up ahead and says, oh, if we can get up there, then we can see the entire river or the entire land or whatever. Um, yeah. So they go up to cross the bridge or get on the bridge mm -hmm. to look around. But in the meantime, Murky and Lurky have beat them there and have decided to disable the bridge by getting sledgehammers and saws and all kind of craziness to, uh, to dismantle the bridge. And then Murky gets caught on the bridge because he tells Lurky they're done. And Lurky says, not done. And keeps going. And so Lurky hides and Rainbow and Starlight and Twink go onto the bridge with Murky himself holding it together. Which obviously doesn't last long under the weight of a horse. And they all fall into... Well, I guess it has turned into the river by then. Because mm -hmm. um, Starlight was stepping on the stones and water started coming up through them. So the, the the river is back, and it automatically has fish in it, which I thought is hilarious. There was no water for thousands of years, and oh, but there's fish. Like sea monkeys, just add water. <laughs> <laughs> so these, these, these piranha with horrible green eyes are chomping and biting at them. And yes. the rapids is what really starts. It starts to rain, and then the rapids get really bad, and it separates all of them. Twink gets separated, and... Rainbow and Starlight get separated until she's all alone and she's afraid. And then she just washes up on the shore next to a baby. Yeah, it's, it's like she calls out for help, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I've lost everyone. Uh, you know, all hope is lost. What shall I do? And then all of a sudden, yeah, she's washed up beside the baby. So I think whatever force brought her there was watching out for her the whole time, mm -hmm. but just not interceding, at least not uh, visibly. Mm -hmm. Rainbow Bright gets the baby and then starlight comes because the the waters have calmed and he's able to get out and twink comes on a broken piece of wood and they starlight isn't very impressed with this baby yeah the baby's <laughs> somewhere we don't we don't need a baby just what we need <laughs> so they go into a cave nearby to get out of the rain because they don't want the baby to get wet and yeah. While in there, they're trying to get warm, and so they want to keep the baby warm, so they get a fire started, and the fire gets 
starts to warm up the cave and then they see a little twinkle and the twinkle ends up being the color belts who which i guess years ago had washed into the cave until it all washed receded and was just sitting there in the back of the cave covered with goo <laughs> so now it is it is on rainbow's bright belt and right when it goes around her waist it gets all shiny and sparkly and things start to clear up at least for the yeah. end credits yeah <laughs> At the beginning of the next episode, it's gray and gloomy again. And they were just giving us a preview of what's <laughs> to come. <laughs> so at the end of the episode, Wisp, Starlight, and Twink are packing up the baby and everything because they have to uh, continue their journey. And suddenly the belt starts to sparkle and to make this little noise. And she puts her finger to it, and out comes seven little bubbles. And inside the little bubbles are the color kit. You have red butler, uh, lala orange, canary yellow, patio green, buddy blue, indigo, and shy violet. And they are telling her the story <laughs> that the king of shadows has banished them to the seven corners of the land. And only she, the wearer of the belt, can save them. So she announces to them that she will save them. And as she continues on the journey black smoke starts to fill the cave because murky and lurky have found out where they are and they have to uh leave so as they're trying to leave out the back of the cave they notice a huge ravine they jump starlight's able to jump over the ravine into the uh other side which is away from the black smoke as it falls down into the crevice and so we're murky and lurky can't get to them and you hear a little voice calling, you know, who's there? Go into the back of the cave, and it's Red Butler. That's the first color kid. He has been trapped in, a, I guess, a stone cage forever. And Rainbow Bright must rescue him. So Starlight breaks down the rocks, and he's able to get out. And that's when you continue the story of, you know, the fact that he, she's the one that found the belt, so she's the one that's going to save them. Uh, he is a color kid, and... The sprites mined for color crystals and you can't have all the colors without all the kids and the sprites only listen to the color kids and I like how Twink always says not this I follow Wisp <laughs> yeah that's fantastic well that's cute considering that if you go by one of the storybooks Twink was originally a red sprite um he does he's never said exactly what color Twink used to be other than that he was a white sprite because Murky threw him in the pits and it drained him of his collar. Uh, but yeah. with one of the video storybooks, that it, it shows him as being red. So technically, wouldn't he be following red? <laughs> He's a rebel. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they decide to leave to go to try to find the other color kids. But where are the other kids? Uh, the belt glows again and the bubble comes up, which shows a map that tells you where the next kid is. And it's Canary Yellow, who is stuck in the Tangled Forest. So they have to travel to the Tangled Forest. Uh, so Wisp, Starlight, and Twink do that. But she is being guarded by a two-headed dragon. Which the two-headed dragon, I want to say, is uh, Peter Cullen and um, Patrick Fraley. Oh, I never actually looked into that. The closing cast list is, of course, all the people who were in that episode. And I'm thinking it's them because we know that Patrick did the voice of the evil force. Mm -hmm. And Lurky 
but I'm thinking he also did the voice of the dragon, or at least one of the voices of the dragon. I'm not Probably sure. Probably so. Um, they trick the dragon into arguing with itself. <laughs> what does he get for having two heads? Uh, trick the dragon into arguing with itself until it's, it gets so wound up, it flies away because it has to unravel its twisted neck, and it turns into, like, a helicopter. In the meantime, uh, Murky and Lurky are trying to bring over a gloom bomb and blow them up. They're able to get Canary Yellow out when the dragon flies up and then flops down. And then, the, and then I think the gloom bomb goes off. <laughs> and it murks out yeah. the dragon instead. <laughs> <laughs> And so you you get canary uh, canary yellow, and then you find right next door is Patio Green, who is up in a nest with this frog-like bird. It's a good description. <laughs> so they have to get up to the frog-like bird to get uh, Patty out, which they successfully do, smacking the evil creature away. And so you have she is now rescued. Patio Green, and Canary Yellow. They take them back to the Color Kids, but what happens in the meantime is uh, they see Murky and Lurky drive away with Indigo, Buddy Blue, and Lala Orange. (laughs) At least it's Lala Orange initially. (laughs) This was a continuity error. They had... Yes. Buddy Blue was originally in the previous uh commercial bumper um of the episode it ended with 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 buddy blue being in there but when it came back buddy blue when they actually catch up to the grunge buggy to get the kids off buddy blue is now patio green (laughs) oh that's right it's him that changes (laughs) it's like you can't forget about poor buddy uh so at the end of that sequence when she's rescued those three other children you, she's rescued everybody except technically Buddy Blue, but I guess because Buddy Blue is supposed to be patio green, it adds up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in between rescuing them, they get hold of the baby, and so they have to go to the castle because Murky has kidnapped the baby. And they still have not found uh, Shy Violet. Yes, they have to find Shy Violet. And so they go to the the castle and shy violet's actually in the castle tied up being tortured by a machine random phase generators <laughs> something yeah, and she actually likes it she <laughs> yeah she, she goes that was fascinating <laughs> <laughs> she absolutely loves it so uh but she, she uh she has to get out and go back to get those star sprinkles but she's kind of clumsy and so she ends up falling out the window and starlight catches her and he takes her back to the killer kids in the meantime now it's just twink and and wisp and she has to go to find the sphere of light so they're running through the castle and twink gets nabbed by murky and lurky and so it's only wisp and she has the dark tower and she, she hears the baby crying in the top tower and she knows that she has to go up now, in the meantime, she's told the kids that she's supposed to be sending them a signal, but they never tell us what the signal is until she starts stepping on steps. And the next thing you know, you see this glow coming out of the castle, and that's the signal. 
she gets to the top of the castle and there's this evil cloaked he looks like a dementor from harry potter or something totally he's all covered in black robes and he has the baby in his menacingly in his hand and he's gonna try to destroy her and he has a lot of power he does but the ending of this episode is so action-packed there's a lot of stuff going on yeah because starlight is there all of a sudden Yep, you get Twink away from uh, Murky and Lurky, and he suddenly has stars on his head, which he didn't have before, uh, on his antenna. Then you have Starlight at the very top of the tower, and the evil king blows up the other tower, and he falls off. That inanimate voice comes from the belt, telling her to save him. So she presses the belt, and Rainbow comes out and saves him, and he goes to get Twink. And Twink is like, oh, you're flying on a rainbow. Because uh, <laughs> that was one thing, too. It's like, I'm the most magnificent horse in the universe, but I can't fly. Since when? <laughs> uh, so they, they, they get rescued. Evil King. It's just her and him and the baby. And next thing you know, the baby starts to glow and turns into a glowing ball. And I, we are at this point able to say that the baby is the sphere of light. And she uses, the, I guess, that moment to dist- that he's distracted to press her color belt. And a rainbow wraps around him. And he just sort of gets squished into nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> His cloak just floats away. The castle crumbles away. And she's actually standing on the very top of the color castle. And it's rainbow land. And then the... the Rainbow comes by with starlight. He's all colorful with rainbow hair and a star on his forehead. And the magical ball, which now has the same voice as the, the, the entity that brought her there, says you will be known henceforth as Rainbow Bright and kisses her cheek with a purple star. Yes. And that's when Starlight gets his rainbow mane as well. Yes. And Murky and Lurky get to run back to the only dark part of the land that is left which is the pits yes now on a side note here what do you think of the episodes overall this is um part one and two of beginning of rainbow land the animation i didn't like as much in this one Mm -hmm. and i don't think it's just because it was dark um it just didn't seem as oh what's the word not as cute i don't know i wasn't a big fan of the animation in this one and the continuity errors bother me a little bit each time I see it but I love that they did an origin story because especially with a series that they were only making 13 episodes of they could have just thrown you into this magical land of rainbow land and just let you figure it out from there without ever giving you any backstory so that was kind of cool that they did that I wish they had done that for more characters uh but I guess they just didn't have time with so few episodes sadly oh oh and Something I noticed when I was watching it today, there are, there's two parts. Uh, well, I guess it's, it happens once in Beginning of Rainbow Land, part one. It happens again in part two. There's a very short snippet of music that sounds just like the He-Man theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Haim Saban and Shuki Levy, they did the music for both. So I wonder if they intentionally put that in to see if anybody would notice. There's only one way into that castle. The legends say, just legends, mind you, that there's a special collar belt, and it's the only way to fight. You know who? Where do we find this collar belt? 
Well, the legends say it's in the river. The no return river? Um, since it's already been over an hour, do you want to just do like one more episode, this one, and then do the rest of the episodes on the next podcast? Well, technically what can happen at this point is I can go over the lost episode with you. Lost episode? There is a lost episode. <laughs> Surprise! What? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, lost episode? Seriously? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm on the edge of my seat. Tell me about this. <laughs> Between the next episode, which is Invasion of Rainbow Land, there was the feature film. Now, the feature film introduced several characters, and they actually did come up with a storyline. It was called Journey to the Source. It was originally drafted October 10th of 1985, so right before the movie came out. But that was, it was pitched. Um, I think they actually even wrote the script for it. But considering this whole, all the notes on it, they were really going towards this one, but it didn't get done. Oh man. So Oren comes to Rainbow Land to take Rainbow Bright back to Spectra, which is where the source of all of the color comes from. They have to renew the energy in the core of Spectra because it's in this fluctuating period where it's actually very weak and it has to basically be reborn. Think of it kind of like a phoenix. It'll reblossom and be brighter than ever, but they have to protect it during this time because if they don't, it could get destroyed and then all the light in the universe be dead. That would be bad. Bad. So Rainbow Bright, Starlight, and Twink go to Spectra, where Murky and Lurky, having heard this little story, are trying to go there too so they can destroy it. Only Orin uses a magical amulet, which gives them hints about how to get to the center. When they get there, the light source actually energizes the color belt so that the color belt never has to be re-energized by color crystals ever again. At least for several years. Cool. But that was one day outline for the lost episode, Journey to the Source. Uh, a previous draft of it um, had it in Rainbow Land and um, said that Baby Bright was going to be raised by Rainbow Bright to take over and had baby sprites, which were going to help replenish Rainbow Land. But they moved it to Spectra, which I think made a little bit more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, though I don't know when this episode would have been placed because it was written around the time that the movie came out. I don't know if they would have gone back to Spectra that fast because it just came from back. Yeah, I imagine they would have put it more at the end, especially if they didn't need to use color crystals anymore. Because in the episodes following the movie, they're still mining color crystals. But if they put it at the end of the series, then that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it for uh, those episodes, because the next episodes that we have that we're going to cover in the next episode of Brightcast is going to cover the uh, episodes following the feature film, uh, which include, you know, Rainbow Night, Invasion of Rainbow Land, and the like. Um, if there's any questions that you have about anything that we have covered or have yet to cover you can send us an email at uh, brightcast at gmail.com uh, we also have a voicemail um, that you can call and leave us a voicemail with your questions or comments you know cheers and jeers <laughs> <laughs> and i can't remember what the number is right now 
It is 702-900-STAR. Yep, and that actually, that's a U.S. number, so long distance rates to apply. But I guess if you do by cell phone, cell phones are usually... But yeah, you can call, leave us a voicemail. Um, Or you can give us a shout out on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash brightcast. Or Mm -hmm. we also have Twitter and YouTube. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into Brightcast. We hope you've made your day a little bit brighter. Make sure to check us out, and I'll see you next time. Have, have a rainbow day! day! Did you have a funny title or anything you wanted? I haven't come up with anything clever yet. Um. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Brightcast. We're part of the Balanced Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't think of anything. That's horrible. <laughs> Darn you for making us other people try to be witty. We're gonna start now? Sure. Okay. We'll be back. Don't go away.